What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We are live on Crowdcast. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook. We're later on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. That is all good. And here's the deal. It's the beginning of the month, or it's close to the beginning of the month. And at the beginning of the month, we always pay a little bit of tribute to our Patreon supporters. Anybody $5 and up, we have, we have a deal with you. We read your names. We, we say deal. thank you. We made a deal. We, we made shark a deal. Thank you, and we took. A yeah, deal. this is a real. I feel like we, the three of us, are like the Peter and Mary Jades, and the Patreon members oh are like the Fistos. Why would you fuck our lives? We made a deal with them. Hit it. <laughs> That's when I think of a deal. I think of only Mephisto. That's yes, what I'm. But we're going to read off a bunch of names now of people we want to thank. Starting it off with Oitis Larson, Aaron C. Hollis, Adam DeRose, Adam Harwitz. Adam Marks. Adriel Moreland. Elena Fontenot. Amanda Harris. Andrew. Andrew Prima. Andrew Tilbit. Bearcat PhD. Benjamin Brown. Carly W. Carrie Matthews. Chris Leatherman. Christina Jaramillo. Christina Rensfield. Chris Lizzie. Clemens Luah. Corby Dorby Doodle. Curtis LaRock. Demand Ryan. Dan Snow. Daniel Cabral. Daniel Fuentes. Closing out the Danny Block with Danny Heck. <laughs> Debbie Gloom. Dennis Scott. Derek Mainhart. Doug Sadaway. Dylan L.J. Eduardo Martinez. Aaron Dorian. Jeffrey Risher. Gerard DeVillier. Isaac Carter. Jake Fry. James Connolly. James Kurtz. Jaron Townsend. Jason Donahue. Jeffrey Whaley. John George. Jonathan John. Jonathan McCool. Joshua W. Broxit. Julian Lobato. Casey Newhaven. Kevin Grimes. Kevin Kleinrock. Kieran Broderick. Cody Thomas. Kyle. Luana Thomas. Lucas Sink. Mark Zeller. Matt Tice. Matthew C. Hernandez. Michael Tillman. Nelson Kelso Martinez. Nick Grayson. Official CBC chef, Brett Macris. Straight Orin bullies. Dukes. Fan of the menu. Pedro A. Wrangle. Pete's Pretty Kitty. Prime Banana Comics. <laughs> Provocative Ambulance. Rev Mikey. And back to normal names, Robert Petnato. <laughs> Sarah Jean Mueller. Sarah Schaefer. Scott Carpenter. Scott England. Stanley. Tamela Rush. Taylor Bryan. Terrible Jason. The Big Flood. The Twelve Batch. Victor Perez. Will Buchanan. W.M. Leach. Zachary Backman. And Zika's Viral Comics. Thank you all for supporting us. All Anybody so who's interested. Honestly, we're getting too much, too good at that. We need someone to come in with a wild ass name in the middle. No, no don't get let's cocky, do bro. It. Come on, let's don't bring get it. cocky. Too, we are too good. We're too cocky at that. Yes. But if you would like to support our Patreon, you can do it from $2 and up. You get access to our Patreon Slack, which is very active and very fun to hang out in. You also get very back. Much catalog of podcasts stretching all the way back to 2011 that is Ugh. literally over a decade of podcasts thousands of podcasts you can listen to some of which we're so i don't know bright, if they're still so online bright. Yeah. we're so yeah. bright and full of juice back then <laughs> now we're just so squeezed ass raisins over here oh my god i don't know what you're talking about but i am going to bring in our first guest here he right. is the creator of the new book awakening we're very excited to talk to him about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Gross. Hello, Ari. Welcome. Hey, hey everyone. Uh, another squeezed ass raisin. Uh, yeah. So hey. Ari gets it. Ari gets it. Excellent. So Awakening is on Kickstarter now until February 26th, I believe. Um, you're doing pretty well in your campaign, but hopefully you're going to get that patented comic book club bump. Before we get into it, though, otherwise it's going to sit on Pete the entire time. Pete. I'm going to kick it over to you for the back wall beat. Take it away. Yeah. Wow. You got some amazing stuff back there. I mean, uh, you want to just point out a couple of faves. You want to reach over some shoulders here and uh, just pull a, pull a couple uh, good ones for yeah, us because sure. it yeah, looks me, bananas uh, back there. If, if everyone here loves comics, uh, but hasn't read like a whole bunch of Astro City, uh, you should just kind of do that immediately. Nice. Astro City is this amazing series by Group Music. I, uh, for somehow I managed to go the past decade without uh, reading Fables, and I read it. I started again to Fables last year, and now oh, I wow. have like a metric. All of them. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I mean, great pandemic read 
is fake. A great pandemic, or yeah, it was like between me, my wife, and like my kids, like that was just what was happening in the house. Oh, nice. And That's uh, I want to mention this Tales from the Cloakroom. That was the first, uh, the, the very first uh, comic I had published uh, on Kickstarter. Oh, nice. uh, this is an anthology that a bunch of us were taking Scott Snyder's uh, comic writing yeah. class. We decided pretty immediately that we wanted to make an anthology. So we came up with this idea for uh, everything has to be related to a jacket somehow, because his, his press is called My Best Jacket, which is just a combination of his son's names. But we decided it would be cool, a cool little theme to do. And so uh, I have a story in there. And actually, that story I'm, I'm including in Awakening. And uh, when we will get into that and why that is uh, uh, pretty soon. Last uh, let me before be, before we jump into awakening is everyone still in touch that put that book together because we we talked about that before we had some other folks on and that was i thought that was such a cool project and it was excited if there was going to be more yeah for sure i mean it's it's been a great like it was a great experience working with all the people there and uh arby lynn jepson who is one of the editors of that and uh i mean she's my editor for like kind of all things now and she did the letters and she's also the editor for awakening so, I mean, awesome. we've stayed uh, a pretty tight group, at least a, a bunch of us have, and we've just been supporting each other, and we've got our own little Discord server and everything. So, yeah, I mean, Love to see it. aside from, like, learning how to write comics, which is great in Scott's class, and Scott will go over, you know, like, if you ever wanted to do a deep dive into the Court of Owls, like, 14 times, like, he's the man to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, eventually like, all right, stuff. Scott, Love Scott, yeah, we yeah. got it. We get it with we, the Court of Owls. <laughs> let it, let yeah, it. Yeah, they have creepy masks. Mass Come on. Spears, we get, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, the best thing out of that class was really the community, which is like to to this day is still going real strong. So you know, lots of love to everyone out there, uh, and nice. yeah. Well, you, so wait, what, wait, 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 wait! Oh, you were oh, you were okay. about to go on Sorry. your second shelf there. We were about uh, yeah, we to get the say, second Pete shelf. Doesn't, Pete doesn't see people; he sees. Yeah, shelves. you were about you to see... point out something on the second shelf there. I don't want yeah. you. Yeah, not... no, 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 no. Let's not oh, even yeah. talk about what's on the shelves. What kind of shelves are they? Are they IKEA? Yeah. Did you get the? No, don't get distracted. But don't listen. to I need to know. About the furniture. DC, Marvel, Star Wars is like down. I got all these from my buddy who was getting rid of all of the Star Wars comics because he was, and I quote, done with the new uh, expanded universe. And I was like, oh, well, God. I'll take all your comics. So there's that. <laughs> nice. And then I've got all image and stuff over there. You know, uh, Dark Horse. Uh, so the wall yeah. goes farther than we can even see. It ex- it's like one of these and another one of those. It, it keeps okay. going. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Hey, Pete, real quick, what's me, behind you? It's I was just going to say <laughs> the same thing. I was like, it's ironic that Pete has the blankest walls. I used to gonna... have better walls, but I'm I'm in my brother's basement, so not in school. I got Chewbacca back there holding it down for me. <laughs> Where? It's my Chewbacca <laughs> mug right there. Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> doubt filled with Mountain Dew and vodka. Last, uh, <laughs> Very cool. It's, Filled with Let's pets. talk about this book just for a second here, if that's all right. Not to just a wee flow, Pete. But what what for you made the leap going from this Kickstarter project, successful Kickstarter project with a bunch of folks you were in class with, to doing your own thing? What was the transition like there? So, I mean, I started writing comics about a couple of years ago. Uh, I at first didn't. I, I wrote this long ass series, which is going, like a twelve issue basic maxi series, which I'm now turning into a thing. And after I did that. I sat on it for a bit and everyone was like, okay, so, you know, you're going to do something with that? And I was like, yeah, I want to turn this into a real comic. I wrote a comic script. Everyone's like, cool. Have you done a comic before? And I was like, no. They're like, so you want to do a 12 issue? I'm like, no, no, no. Do like six pages, five pages, you know, four pages. And so I started writing a bunch of shorts. I wrote uh, about eight shorts. Uh, if you go to my website, aregross.ca, uh, which you can like post in the chat or something after, it's... Uh, there, I've got a whole bunch of shorts that have been in a few different anthologies. One was called Fairy Tales from Mars, where I did sort of like a little sci-fi horror thing. Uh, another one was called uh, I'm with the Bard. It's in this fantasy uh, anthology, fantasy humor. So I wanted to write in all different sort of uh, styles and genres just to like try it out because I just love comics, as you can probably tell. Uh, and for me, it's just <laughs> it's my favorite medium, you know. And I was just wanting to get into that, so. This was this is my first uh, one shot, my first single issue, just you know, an issue thing. Uh, before it was like you know, did the shorts part of people's anthologies. Now I'm doing a one shot, and after this is going to be starting a, a series, and that's for you know several months down the road. And starting to get the art back from that, it's so good. It's like got me so excited awesome. for this. But all I have to do now is just talk and think about 
the thing I've got now rather than the thing I've got in the future. So, you know. But let's talk about the thing you got now then, which is Awakening, which is up on Kickstarter right now. This is a very fun, without spoiling too much, very meta take on Star Trek, I think is fair to say. Did you guys read the whole thing? I did, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, so, what uh, what inspired this? What do you want to say about it? Because I know there's some stuff. There's some stuff. The, yeah, there's so some stuff that happens. I've gotten good about uh, about saying stuff without saying stuff. You have to learn how to talk about this thing. Yeah. Uh, so, Awakening is a Star Trek inspired uh, story. It starts off with the uh, the lovable lieutenant uh, Lieutenant Lau, the navigator of the ship. Uh, first page, he's hit by something. We don't know what it is, and he starts acting all kinds of funny. And then uh, <laughs> you sort of reveal that the ship is at the edge of an unknown galaxy, looking at this celestial anomaly. They don't know what it is. They're really trying to piece it together. And uh, it, it deals with what is the anomaly, what is the relationship between that and the way Lau is acting, and what is what is the nature of, of any of this. You know, Lau seems to keep thinking he sees things. He's trying to get people to pay attention to something that no one else is seeing. Is he right? Is he wrong? Uh, you know, trying to walk that sort of interesting line of, uh, you know, pl- pl- you know, he could be right, he could be wrong until you, you know, sort of get get to the end and, and see what's sort of happening in a deeper level. So, anyway, uh, I, I really this story is one of those stories that just sort of came to me kind of in its in its inception more or less fully formed, at least the the bare the, the basic structure of it. And I wanted to tell a Star Trek-style story for a couple of reasons. First, I love Star Trek. I mean, I grew up watching Next Generation, and, like, I, Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds are, like, high on my, like, to-watch to list of TV shows these days. I love the Let mythos. me just interrupt love, you real quick yeah. to say, I think that is so apparent in this book. Like, <laughs> you nailed the, like, Star Trek Next Generation gag conversations. Oh, and I love it. It's one of my favorite things about rewatching uh, TNG, where when they're talking about like, well, the um, the aphasic shielding is uh, easy to, and it's just like all these terms right, that yeah. they are using blah, so blah, blah, casually, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. and we don't know what it is, but they're using it so confidently. We're like, I'm gonna figure out what that is by listening more, and you <laughs> right, nailed yeah. that in this book in a way that I was so impressed with. So shouts to that. Sorry. Oh, thank you so much. I'm. I, if nothing else, I wanted to give the the feeling of watching a Star Trek episode. You know, like the yeah. tone sort of the issues that people are dealing with uh you know uh and uh star trek really also helps for this because you can have characters that are very obviously like if you're familiar with star trek at all you don't need any introduction to the story from the first page you're looking at it you're like oh that tough person looking is probably security officer person who says we gotta haul him to the med bay as the medical officer someone who's like science 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 you know like oh they're like you know the vulcan of the crew the science officer like the captain's got the little hat, which I, I thought was really funny because I want to put a hat on him. My arse and I had a discussion about, like, should he have a hat? Why does he need a hat? <laughs> I was like, but I like yeah. the hat. That's uh, <laughs> what it comes down to sometimes, you know. And uh, I don't know how much you want to talk about this, but I just want to mention for anybody who's listening who's interested in this book, uh, like Justin was saying, there's some great Star Trek stuff in here in terms of really channeling it. But it's not just a Star Trek fan comic it's not just like my interpretation of star trek it's there's more going on Uh, again i don't know if how much you want to say about that if anything i'll keep it tight for now so people can uh pick it up and tell me what (laughs) they think (laughs) all right fair enough well but But, let's if i can say without saying it like it touches on like a larger understanding of that world and and speaks to themes that i think were touched upon in a lot of star trek series of like and i think you maybe mentioned this on on in the the write-up of it but like faith belief like some larger ideas that are sort of right there next to the science fiction take which i think pluses it up a little bit if i may like alex is saying yeah thanks i mean everything i try to write i i try to have fairly i don't want to say fairly sophisticated themes it sounds like too much, but like I, I try to get like the high level sort of stuff with the you know with the, the characters that will propel you to move you forward and get interested in them and find a way to really like work that together and uh, it's funny, I never really thought I would be, like, writing comics about, like, faith, since that's not a huge part of my life, but I think it's a really interesting theme to explore, especially in the context of, like, a sci-fi thing uh, like this. And I don't know, I guess as you, maybe as, as you've read Awakening and then, and then Chosen, which I'm sure you've read since it just follows it, like, it's similar, th- you know, different take, but, you know, kind of similar things about, you know, faith and believing and being, like, this is the thing we have to do because this is what I've, I, I've been taught and this is what I what I know to be true in my deep inner heart, you know. But anyway, you'll, you'll 
You'll see as you read it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, and talk about the Kickstarter a little bit. Uh, what can people expect? What can they get if they head over to the Kickstarter? Yeah, so the Kickstarter, uh, the hardest part of doing the Kickstarter was deciding what not to do, because I was like, I want to do four <laughs> million things. And everyone was like, dude, it's your first Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Like, do like a or something, man. Uh, so what, what I chose to do is, uh, I mean, there's the digital copy, the physical copy, usual stuff. Uh, an extra, uh, the, the next thing is a, we call it a, a beach day postcard, which is a cool postcard of everyone lounging on the beach. And uh, there's some text on, on the back, which uh, if you get it, uh, you, you can see what it says, see who it's from and what's to and what it's about, if anything. Uh, and after that, we got stickers. Uh, that was just a fun opportunity to pick some images from Awakening, from Chosen, from my own. Uh, this is this raccoon is the symbol of College Street Comics, which is, I guess, just me uh, writing comics. I live That's pretty cool. close to a street called College Street. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a major street in Toronto, and so it's sort of like a very and a, thing. a raccoon. A raccoon did your inking as well, right? A raccoon did all of my inking. Yeah, it's okay, a well-known fact. But uh, they have opposable uh, thumbs, and so they're strikingly they good comic like inkers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, trash pandas, like big, but fur's like a big yeah. paintbrush. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's how. Pete, yeah. when he has to write something, dips his whole beard into yeah. ink and just. Yeah, if he's ever off. had a, a signed Pete LePage product, it's just a smoosh <laughs> beard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, well, Ari, your project is awesome. It's very cool. Yeah, congrats. Uh, fingers crossed. I think you're going to make it on the Kickstarter, and yeah. I'm very excited to read more from you. It's great stuff. Yeah. yeah, man. Thank you so much. I just want to mention before, there's two other things on Kickstarter. I yeah. To uh, uh, at, uh, one of the, the, the two highest tiers, uh, the second highest tier is, I guess, the Admiral tier. I've named them after all, like Ensign, Lieutenant, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and for that tier, you can get original art from our uh, from our artist, Greg Warrenshock, Uh if you go to the Kickstarter page, you'll see me a uh, picture of me with my arms draped around uh, Goltok, the security officer, around the legs of Goltok in a, a very classic <laughs> sort of pose. And he'll he'll do a sketch for you. And uh, if you like that kind of thing, there's there's more that came from. And the final tiers were selling the original art. Uh, so if you see something that you really like, if you think it would be cool to have a, a piece of I don't know history, like everything is technically a piece of history. But, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll claim that this is more so than others for rhetorical purposes. That, that's a that's a tier as well so i strongly encourage people to check out those too awesome all right thank awesome. you so much for coming on absolute pleasure good luck yeah, with everything congrats. thank you so much a pleasure Later. Right. there we go once again the book is called awakening it is currently on kickstarter until yeah. february 26th very fun definitely check it out from ari gross thank you to him coming on i want to mention before we bring in our next guest uh pete i made a joke about your beard and i started doing that and halfway through i was like we all have beards now you you all do yeah <laughs> i know exactly. and justin was making fun of my background but he's got a christmas tree in his background it's february bro get it together you know what <laughs> i mean so like get it uh, together say, bro it's feb I'm, it's don't feb. it's feb. <laughs> it's feb. it's feb. Uh, yeah, i don't it's know what there's no doubt it's not Feb. Uh, the thing is, I was just talking about like you are so into backgrounds, mm-hmm. and my background is commentable uh, because it's a horror show. Yeah, you live in a murder basement. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So like that's my thing. Uh, Ari's thing was having a lot of comics. Uh, Alex's thing is having, I guess, like a Yoda or something back there. Yeah, sure. I don't know. <laughs> and then Pierre's is having uh, a Chewbacca mug filled with, um, I don't know, Punisher boards or something. It's Pez. Pez. Pez? Loose Why Pez? So Pez? Wait, is that true? Is it actually full of Pez? It's a loose Pez. It's like the, you know, Mandalorian Pez dispenser. And... Oh, it's Wait. a full of Pez dispensers? Or yeah, is it kind of... loose Pez is the question. <laughs> oh, my God. We got <laughs> another <laughs> guest. Let's go, man. It's, it's feb, not loose it's Pez. Pez. It's Feb. It's Pez. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we do have another guest that I do want to bring into the stream. Yeah. He is the creator of a new project from Zoop called Gilgamesh that is very cool. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Cam Kurgao, hello. Welcome to the stream. Welcome. Hey, you guys. Doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, okay. my gosh. Thanks for coming on. Uh, this is a cool, very messed up comic uh, that I'm excited to talk about. <laughs> Thank you. That's uh, the nicest so, thing anyone's ever said about it. Uh, it's pretty awesome. The uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. So you did the first issue on Kickstarter, and you're doing issue one and two together on Zoop. Is that how it's working right now? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, the Zoop campaign is primarily to fund the production of the second issue, but, um, you know, I wanted to give people a chance to come in on the first. 
Uh, well, cool. Talk us about the talk to us about this project because it's a take on the classic Gilgamesh story. Everybody knows, but it feels updated is probably the wrong word, but intensified, perhaps. Would you say? Mm. I like that word. I haven't thought of that before, but I'm going to steal that. I'm going to use that from now on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so Gilgamesh Eternal is an uh, it's a modern intensified uh, adaptation of humanity's first ever story. The art on this is bananas, man. Yeah, I know. Costas is a genius. I my jaw yeah. drops every time I uh, get a new page from him. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so um, you know the Epic of Gilgamesh. It's uh, it's about King Gilgamesh, who's this kind of intolerable, uh, intolerant, just all around like very unlikable uh, king. Um, he's so unlikable that all of his people pray to the gods to do something about it. So the gods. They make his uh, exact opposite and equal, um, and they send that guy to fist fight him, and they fight to a draw, uh, and I, it was a really good fight because they, uh, they fell in love, uh, and uh, at least in my version, they're in love, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. after that, they, he, Gilgamesh becomes a little likable, and him and Enkidu go on uh, some adventures, slaying monsters, uh, just trying to gather as much glory as they can. Unfortunately, they make a lot of enemies along the way, and uh, it's all going to end way too fast for him. Uh, which is kind of where we find him in the second issue, is dealing with the repercussions of the battle in the end of the first. Hmm. Why, why Gilgamesh? I mean, this is a story that's been told a million different ways a million different times. What drew you to it, and what do you feel your original or different take on it was? Uh, I, when I read the Epic of Gilgamesh a few years ago, I was really struck by how, uh, universal his, his Gilgamesh's struggle is. Um, the story is ultimately about somebody, uh, coming to terms with his own mortality. Um, and I just, there was something very touching about, uh, being able to look so deep into humanity's past and, and, um, you know, it seems obvious, but uh, uh, yeah, just the 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 fear of of your own mortality is something that you know I don't think we're ever going to get away from. Um, and so, it, it just felt like a very very universal story to me, and it felt like uh, really something that would make a cool comic book. Uh, I mean, Gilgamesh is the first epic hero, which means he's the first superhero. And uh, it's really hard to, to, at least for my brain, to read the myth without seeing it as a comic. Um, And what makes it different? uh, Well, this is my creative interpretation, so I'm not following the myth exactly to a T. Uh, The first issue is pretty much more or less uh, what you would expect from, from the epic. But uh, starting in the second issue, we're, we're going to veer a little bit off. We're going to see some branching paths, especially from some minor characters like uh, Shamhat, uh, the high priestess. She's going to take a more um, forward-facing role uh, in the second half of the, of the myth. Also, um, book has a very unique look to it. Agreed. Uh, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I love the um, the flourishes. Like, th- this page we're looking at now, um, the panel on the left there. Like, it's a little bit, um, you know, it's not quite as clean corners. It's meant to have a little a bit of character to it. There's one later where there's a little crown on Gilgamesh's head right after the fight, I believe. And I, those little flourishes add add so much. It's really, uh, really nice. Was that something that you was you had written in or did you work with the artist no that was that was all costas not only is costas like a really uh inspired uh creative thinker but he's also just he 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 goes the extra mile in in his art and uh it shows on every single page he treats every single page with a degree of care and love that like um it's just impressive i'm impressed every time well, what was it like going from issue one to issue two? Now that you were used to that art style, was that something you were able to lean into a little bit? How did your relationship change potentially? Um, well, I think over the course of, of uh, 
creating the first issue, uh, because we did it over such a long period of time, you know, with it being a crowdfunded book, the schedule is a little bit different than, than a traditional 22 to 28 page, uh, comic. So we had a lot of time to, uh, get to know each other and, and understand how each other, uh, works. Um, I love Costas cause I will write a full script. I'll do three drafts. I'll send it to him and then he will, uh, ignore it and he'll call me up on the phone <laughs> and say, all right, what are we doing on page one? <laughs> wow. Uh, one of the thing I, I really liked about the, the way you sort of unfold the story here, I feel like in so many like gods, uh, gods walk among us stories it's like the gods are sort of doing their own thing in their secret place then they come down to um earth or whatever the um, analogous places and they sort of like hang out but there's never a real connection and in this they're in the mix it's like if uh, in an episode of friends rachel was like i'm dating hercules he punched <laughs> he punched a hole in ross or like whatever uh the the story is and so like what what brought you to that? Because it's such a more it's such a richer and it feels more mythological in the, the sort of the Greek and traditional myths. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just it, it made sense to me. I think maybe uh, it having to do with the uh, age of the story, how old it is um, and how, you know, I think the maybe the further in the past we go, uh, maybe it's it's more and more believable that um you know the makeup of the world was different back then and and maybe uh you know we were closer to the gods back then kind of thing where how far do you see this going you have the second issue as you mentioned on zoop you've been successful so you're definitely going to be making that is 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 that the end of the gilgamesh story is there more to it to come or is it kind of wait and see at this point one more issue one more issue. Three uh-huh. issues total. Okay. Cool. And if you go to the Zoop, I, I, we really got to figure out what we're calling Go to the thing. Zoop. Go to it's the Zoop. It's You got to go to the Zoop. Yeah, Zoop. Here you are. Uh, the, uh, wh- what do you get there? What do you get at the Zoop campaign? All right. So we have three covers. We have the cover A from Costas. We have cover B uh, from Kit Wallace. Uh, he did this really cool, dramatic, angry-looking Gilgamesh battle ready pose thing um which was cool because we don't usually kind of see that uh side of gilgamesh very much in the in the interior art um and then we have cover c from dennis men here featuring shamhat and nana and ninsoon in um i can't describe the cover it's too beautiful you gotta go look at it yourself uh, we're nice. also doing, I'm offering, uh, editing services. Uh, I've spent a couple of years now as a professional editor in comics. So, uh, you'll be able to cool. get, uh, two read throughs of your standard length comic script for, I think it's like $50. Uh, we're doing sketch deal. cards from Costas. Um, and, uh, we were doing original art as well, but I think those all got bought up. I might have to bug them to get some more. Hmm. Very cool. Uh, Pete, you want to ask Cam any questions about what's going on behind him or anything like that? He's got or... some whiteboard uh, philosophies, looks like he's got going on in the corner there a little bit. Or... This is not my house. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Burn. This isn't this is my house either. <laughs> That's cool, right? That's a cool thing to say. Yeah. I'm in someone else's house too, but they don't know I'm here. That's cool. <laughs> shit. That's uh Cam, before we let you go, anything else you want to plug other than the zoop? Uh, well, you know, other than, uh, Gilgamesh and Zoop, I'm also editing a book right now called Nightwalkers from Cullen Bunn and Joe Picardo. I think we're in the, we're in pre-orders for the third issue right now, if I'm not wrong. So, uh, go to your local comic store and pick up the first two issues. Nice. All right, Cam, thank you so much for coming on. The project is so cool. I'm very excited that it's successful and I'm excited to check out issue number two. Thanks for having me guys. All right. Have a good night. All right, once again, the project is called Gilgamesh. It is on Zoop right now from Cam. There it is. Zoop. There it is. For me to Zoop on. That's where you find it. These Zoops are making me thirsty. No? No Zoop for you. That's the one. That's the one. There it was. (laughs) You come back next week. No Zoop for you. And now it's time to move on to our next section, which is my favorite section, is your audience question. Oh, yay. 
great harmony, like angels. <laughs> and for audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question in Q&A on Crowncast or in the comments over on YouTube or what Facebook, you and we'll get to it. And uh, in the meantime, yeah, let's talk about Nate. What, what are you You're drinking? always like, let's get to the next section. Like, yeah. What, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? What drink is in your stomach? Hey, Pete always wants to know what's behind people and in their stomachs. That's right. He's a, you know, what are you drinking, guy. Pete? Well, He's I want to hear from uh, Foster's Australian for beer over here. He's got oh, a giant okay. beer can in his hand. I got a giant oil can. What, you're writing it. You're making up names and just writing it on there. That I'm doesn't seem very this good. Is, I, I got this uh, this farmhouse ale from the. Uh, Farm brewery, Do you buy it from a homeless person and they just write what kind it is? Like, oh, that, uh, yeah, this is a farmhouse sale. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what is beer but just juice that a stranger gives you? <laughs> like, what do you think about it? Uh, no, it's from my stranger uh, juice. My farm share from this farm out on Long Island. They, they bring us vegetables and occasionally oh, beer, and God. I love it all. It, it's great. Nice. Pete, what are you drinking? I'm uh, I'm still polishing off the old Florida man beers. Now, do you feel like you're becoming more of a Florida man? Because I think you are. Oh, that's nice of you to say. Is it? No, that's not nice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having a Mezcal Negroni. Okay, big time. All right. Daddy's medicine. You know what, Alex? I'm going to have one of those later on because I got the fixings for it. And it's one of my fave versions of that. So good. So good. Must be fun. Having like bars and ingredients in your place. <laughs> well, I just I heard the Charlie Brown music in my head while you were saying that. Do you live in a dry county? You can't get can't get liquor. You need you need your brother to put it in your fridge. Are you in a, are you imprisoned in your brother's house? Is that what we're learning here? Feels that it's way. A man sometimes. who was just out in San Diego, California, flying all around the country. Yeah, Pete. Big we didn't even talk about cave. this yet. Before we get to audience questions, Pete. Went on a vacation to the zoo for like a whole weekend in San Diego, uh, visiting a bunch of monkeys and alligators and stuff. Was, I think that's uh, what was going on. This guy's How like was five that? months early for Comic Con. It's Feb. Oh it Not was uh, it's Feb. sleeping Not out, Jewel. right? You're sleeping it's out. Oceanside, California. Okay. Uh, as we all know, uh, where the Mission Impossible house is, and they have the uh, motorcycle parked out front. You can't miss it. Wow. They sell pie there now. Fun fact: it's a pie house. You, you can go said a bunch of nonsense. Pie. I don't understand how it fits together. What Mission Impossible house? What motorcycle? I don't want to I know. What do you mean by pies? I'm <laughs> sorry. I did. I said Mission Impossible. I meant to say Top Gun. It's <laughs> the Top Gun house. Now wait. Sorry. Remind me, Top Gun. That's the movie where Tom Cruise flies a house around. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, he yeah. Buzzes yeah. The says, tower "I'll get you, house. my pretty." Yeah. yeah. All right, why don't we go to some questions here because we got a couple already. Uh, this is from Kevin. This is a low-difficulty one from Kevin, I think. All what right. Marvel and DC characters do you think should host cooking shows? Yes, great question. Great We've been question. talking in this our Patreon Slack about the future of television and the potentially bleak outlook of that. Um, and it may the future may be all cooking shows. I mean, obviously you have Aquaman on there and you do some seafood and you watch him lose his shit. I mean, that's you think the... he cooks fish? He's cooking a fish? No, you don't obviously tell him that you're cooking fish. You just have him stand in there, and then he'll notice you're cooking fish, and then he'll lose his mind. It's a surprise every time. Yeah. What about Deadpool's chimichanga cooking show? Oh, come work. on. I mean, that's I just, know. yeah. It's a little focused on one dish, both guys. <laughs> a lot of cooking shows. <laughs> a lot of different combinations of chimichanga so. you can do. No, I mean, no, absolutely. You could put literally anything in a chimichanga. That's right. That's a great point. I guess if you, you need breaking the fourth wall and having the cooking show host comment on how your kitchen sucks might be. Yeah, fun. that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that'd be fun for it to go. Um, I don't know. How about Superman cook stuff with his eyes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That that nice. And, but then nice. he could because he could cook different stuff, different dishes uh, across the different cuisines. He could also cook from a distance. He could stand at the top of the Daily Planet building and just cook someone's food from across the city. How about, uh, I, I haven't really fully worked this one out, but how about like Etrigan? I feel like Etrigan, I could see him with like an apron, cooking something, rhyming the entire show. That's like a fun poem. Yeah. yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. teach you how to cook from one to ten. 
uh, because I am the demon Etrigan, something like that. Nice. I don't know. I'll, you, I'll workshop it. You uh, you could have the question cook a bunch of stuff, and then you like blindfold do like a taste test to see which one you like better type of thing. Uh, but she doesn't have a mouth. That's a problem for a cooking show. No, she's cooking it. It's not. No, but you got to do that. You have to taste, taste at the end. A lot of chefs actually taste it. <laughs> <laughs> have you been watching the show on Food Network where they cook the dish and the chef is like, I don't want to taste it. No, I don't want to try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you, know, you try it. You try, no, you try, you try sorry, first. <laughs> You've undercooked your lasagna, but fortunately your mouth is sewn shut like a scene from the movie Saw. All right, we got a couple here over on YouTube. This is from Federico Rosa. Check out the tube. If you pick your current favorite writer and your current favorite artist, what genre or specific character would you like to see them working on? That's that's sort of a three-part question. So current favorite writer, current favorite artist, and then what genre would they work on together? Um, Great question uh, across the the board I, i've been let me just say the um let's say the human target is a book i've really been enjoying so i'll pick tom mm-hmm, king mm-hmm, from that mm-hmm. um artist i'm gonna go weird with my artist choice not my current favorite but one from the past that was really cool like joe madera uh from the late 90s so you get tom king joe madera and they do like a hard superhero story no like taking a superhero story out of it like a full-on infinity mm. gauntlet style mm. crossover written by tom king could tom king do that though could he could like yeah. tamp down his impulses uh, let me say i don't think you have to tamp it down it's like an economy of scale thing where like mm-hmm. his thing is he picks a character and just blows it out but what if you did a small blowout on a ton of characters in a crossover and just really focused on having dialogue that's really rooted in their story finding fun new ways to use powers like it would be very cool to do something like that I think. Uh, i'll throw out I'm having a hard time with favorite writer, but I've been really enjoying the stuff that Sarah Gailey has been doing. Oh, nice. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Know Your Station is great. Uh, And art-wise, I just, I will read anything that Aaron Cooter draws. You know, he's over on, it's, he's on Avengers Forever now, right? No, wait, what's the other one called? Uh, There's Avengers and whatever the second book. All Out Avengers. No, it's like Avengers Assemble or something like that. Um, the second part of the Avengers Forever crossover, whatever it is, love them. Uh, maybe like a hard horror story would be great. I mean, I know Sarah Gelly is kind of doing that already with Know Your Station, but it's kind of a more of a sci-fi horror story. But something like In the Woods, horror, monsters, just because Aaron Cooter has that heavily detailed style and the stuff Sarah Gelly has been doing on Buffer the Vampire Slayer has been leading into that anyway. I think that would be cool. What about you, Pete? I'm going to go with uh, Chris uh, Bachelot. Uh, I and knew you Qu- were. I almost stole it on purpose, but I did. <laughs> oh, thank you. And uh, let's go with Greg Pak. And I want to see like a real like Western, old school spaghetti Western style uh, story. They have to have worked together before, right? No, that's a combo I can't think of any book. Hmm. But uh, that does make me think of, like, what if we had, like, a, a Chip Zdarsky-written um, Batman-Joker story where the Joker was funny? Like, imagine the Joker being actually <laughs> That's funny. hard. That's hard to do. It's not. Writing jokes is not hard. Well, if you're a comedy uh, writer. Ooh, ee, if you under, if you but it's a comedy, specific kind of comedy. It's got to be a twisted, dark kind of comedy. I disagree. I think the story can be twisted, but the jokes can be funny. Like, his name is The Joker. And I feel like he's been getting by in some pretty shitty jokes lately. Wow. Where he's leaning in. I'll, I'll say. The Joker right now, bro. I like the way that, it, this is getting very off topic, but I like the way that Matthew Rosenberg is writing his room. Joker Madden's laughs, who he's been building every issue around the Joker telling jokes. So yeah. I feel like that at least leans into what you're talking about. And I, I also like that story. But I'm saying, like, I want, like, a full-on knockdown drag out. Oh, wait, Joker here's a good one, guys. You want Stay- somebody funny like a Dane Cook to write a comic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Great. Save it for Weekend Geek. Guys. <laughs> Dane Cook getting into the Valiant universe. Guys, what do you think about this, right? So it's a story about love and about a, a broken relationship. But it's oh, also scary. about a murder falcon. Okay? And I'm not sure. Maybe we'll get Daniel Warren Johnson to write and draw it. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it would work. But now, is the Falcon work. getting murdered or is it murdering other people? 
it's a murdering evil and not people. Okay, that Murder Falcon is the good guy. Let's plus it down a little bit, okay, and just make it just like a Falcon that's getting murdered. This is from Stray Bullet. What is everyone's preferred garbage plate setup? Yes. You can pick up anything, which seems like you already can. What would you fill your garbage plate with? Oh Pete, we got to go for you first a, because you such a great question. I'm going to switch it up from my usual. I'm going to go with uh, two food. two white hots instead of two cheeseburgers, uh, just because I want to mix it up. Coming in hot, uh, yeah, right off the plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with some white hots. Uh, then I'm going to go with the French fries, Max salad. That's never going to change. And of course, ketchup and mustard with the meat hot sauce all over it. I mean, come on. How about Before you guys? You just literally spew food nonsense. What is what are the components that signify a garbage plate? Like okay, well, otherwise you, you're just eating a, a mess. Well, here's the thing: you have meat it's, options, right? So you could go cheeseburg, hamburg. You can go chicken. Uh, so you let can me go say it's a it's a red meat. hot, white hot. Yeah, it's a meat and then a pasta and then a carb. I don't know. Saying? There's no uh, pasta. <laughs> well, it's macaroni salad, or oh, you can oh, get beans. That's actually technically pasta. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So you're saying it's a chilled salad? No, I'm just saying it's. You know, <laughs> it's you not like beans? you're not getting linguine and clams over here. You know what I mean? So don't tell me about my garbage plate. Yeah. <laughs> Ma- macaroni salad is technically salad. Go ahead, Pete. Okay, so, so you go with the meat pasta, option, sir. and then uh, you've got sorry. like you can do beans. You can do. Uh, you know, fries. You can do all sorts of different kind of mixings. Uh, you can do coleslaw. You can do all sorts of uh, different kind of sides. Uh, but the main thing that you can't not have on there is the meat hot sauce because they cook that all day, and it's a marinated thing that is not that hot, but it is delicious. I look forward to Pete Billionaire LePage having a Kobe beef. Uh, caviar and some fingerling potato shit. Sat, like he's on his yacht, he's sitting potato back and eating a spoonful of this high-end garbage plate, still covered in meat hot sauce. Oh, <laughs> glorious! And and I'm serving him a, a vodka and Mountain Dew, probably because I had to become his butler for some reason. Right. Oh, and man. in this scenario, I'm. It'd be worth the millions I would have to pay you for that. No, you're uh, you're like the captain of the yacht, I think. Oh, the captain like, of the yacht. Okay, I really thought I was going to be the meat sauce in this scenario. <laughs> well, I mean, by the end of this day, you could be both, definitely. Depending on how the day goes. And yes. us three at sea, we've seen it. It was uh, a <laughs> problem. It was a problem. It was problematic, for sure. We definitely uh, should have got the all-inclusive. But I didn't, you know, you guys should tell me what you would want on your, uh, what your plate would be. I said, I can't be <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I all right, all right. I'll start you off. You want cheeseburg? You want chicken? You want hot dog? What do you want for your meat? Uh, I like to keep my hot dog in the bun. You know what I mean? It feels Boo, like that's get out of here. Home. I mean, here's the thing. I like a mess plate. I I don't I don't quite get the sense of a garbage plate. Like I like it if it, I don't know. I, I there was this restaurant I was ordering for the other night, and they had buffalo chicken nachos, which I didn't get, but I was like, oh, that sounds fun to like throw some buffalo chicken on a nacho. That to me feels like the level of like that's a mess that I'd like. This thing, there's too many things there. It's really honestly, it's the macaroni salad that pushes me over the head. I'm like, what is that doing there? I'm not quite sure what's going on. You're talking about your base. It's like yeah. your first level. Just real quick, here? sorry, I have a quick question. Do you guys remember when we were a comic book show? Isn't that weird? <laughs> that was uh, Alex. No, that was, was a long, long time, time ago. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was a long time. Ago. Take it away. It like Let me throw it out ago. here. I, I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with some uh, some pork. Hmm. Like uh, pork chops. Uh, you get pork chops. Not not pork chops. Like a like a, a pork shoulder that's been cooked. Cooked the shit out of it. But Ooh. not barbecue sauce. Like an un like a a different sauce on it you got your potato salad is my macaroni salad alt okay you follow me on that yeah it's not that, that hard is that you get it Do you yeah allowed yes. it's not am that. i gonna be laughed out of rochester with these <laughs> insane ideas and nope. then i'm gonna throw in um because you need a little crunch there obviously is what you're getting mm-hmm. from your french fries yeah you know, we could put some fritos on there if you want salt and vinegar potato chips Ooh, nice. I would one-up you and say the Carolina uh, uh, barbecue chips because it does a salt and vinegar and a barbecue. And, um, 
on a chip, which is uh, so much well, more delightful. Let me just delightful. say, the real, the ultimate tri- chip is the crab seasoning chip from us. Just to be clear, like there's no other chip. If I had those every day, I would, I would be the old bay loaded. chips. The old bay old chips. Bay. Well, they're oh two different. The, there's the crab, the ones that don't have the old bay license. In the, yeah. Have you ever had? I think it's hers makes this. It's Old Bay Cheese Puffs. Oh, yeah. Oh, my I God. I don't get on with cheese puffs. No, but they're not so, cheese puffs. I'm in they're Baltimore. Old Bay they put puffs. Old Bay on everything down here. It's they're, glorious. They're the most I insane thing ever. It's crazy. Uh, all right. We got a bunch of stuff over on YouTube that I want to get to. This is right across the plate for our friend JT Sissel here. This is from David Quitley. So why do you think the last year was so lukewarm in quality in Marvel movies? And I know there's a disagreement here because Pete doesn't think so. Justin does, but take it away. Yeah, I think um, a couple things. Uh, It felt like there was no composition to this phase. It was just like we don't have a a particular plan we're executing now, so you're just going to get some movies that um, are hanging around. And I think there are a lot of creative changes. I think we, we have to see if this is we're at a place where Marvel is going to be able to get the next phase on track because we there was a lot of talk about this during the James Gunn stuff where his big thing with the new DCU is like hey we're going to actually write the scripts before we start shooting <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm worried that maybe Marvel isn't doing it feels like there's a lot of let's do the set pieces first when it needs to be story first because otherwise the movies are swabble. Oh, we'll just interrupt and then I want to kick it over to Pete just for some clarification here this is obviously very rumory but there has been a lot of talks about because of the general reception to phase four, they put a bit of a pause on stuff to do exactly what you're saying, Justin, which is reevaluate the reevaluate the attribution every time. I will say if you look at the end and any of marketing, it's very clear that the focus on like okay, here we go. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time understanding your hear, audio. Hear, your audio is your weird. Your mic so. is weird or something. Yeah, it kind of uh, cut out. So I, that's why I was making that dubious face. I wasn't trying. Oh, my God. Did you guys hear me better now? Yes. Yes, that's good. Oh, great. Okay, I made a, the most amazing point. Oh, now it's gone again. Now it's gone. <laughs> it's gone again? Yeah. yeah. When you start to be a douchey pontificator, your microphone <laughs> cuts off. It's almost like you went to Cornell and your mic's smarter than you are. I heard Alex say I agree with Justin, and that's when maybe I just stopped listening. Yeah, I mean, I I I can understand why Alex would agree with you. I, I just think that you know a lot of yeah, people yeah. are throwing a, a lot of shade right now, and what's crazy is we've had these, you know, it's been Marvel movie after Marvel movie, and you know sometimes you got to do a touching, amazing story like Wakanda Forever, and it might not be you know the thing that uh, kind of, but it is an unbelievable movie that was nearly three hours that was very emotional and every time i watch it i get uh, choked up it's just so beautiful but that movie was definitely very emotional um it was about grief i wouldn't call it touching it was intensely about grief in a way that was like it can be touchy don't say it's not touchy motherfucker i'm just saying the grief is uh touching implies like maybe some sentimentality and i think this movie goes way harder i would never put that word there because it goes so hard in much more intense emotions i I don't know if you can hear me now but i agree with justin yeah nice job (laughs) yeah you nailed it very cool okay uh obviously we're going to be talking about this a lot more particularly with ant-man opening soon um let's see there is a bunch of discussion happening here on youtube the tube about box office prospects for Ant-Man um, talking about the movies but we do have one here from Stanley any new podcast shows coming oh um, Stanley I think we could right. say Is someone's maybe. got the, uh, yeah we're we working on yet. some ideas we're working on some yeah, ideas we're working on it. we got some ideas calm down um, I will say just in terms of titles 
things coming up. We've been in a little bit of a pause here uh, as I've been horribly sick and unable to talk about it on a mic mostly. Um, So I haven't really been pushing anything too much. But we do have a bunch of stuff coming down the pike. When we've been talking about ideas, we've been trying to factor in that it's the final season of Riverdale and they have anywhere between 20 and 22 episodes and that's kicking off at the end of March. There's a new season of Invincible. There's a new season of Sweet Tooth coming. There is more Doom Patrol, even though the show is sadly canceled. So we'll be talking about the last episode of that. Um, he's going. Mike's going. My mic is going again. Mike. It's very weird. It's like your sw- mic switched to something else because we're also hearing like a fan noise or something. That's yeah, me. It's weird because it's like your mic is uh, like tired of your nonsense. It's almost like yeah, this guy. I mean, we get it. Like, let's just cut him off because he's just kind of. I think Alex's point is we do have a lot coming, but we are going to kick off another larger project. Um, uh, very soon uh, that we will um, can't, I guess we can't really say anything about it we're, we're right now but um, yes we have more, lots more coming I don't know but if I you guys was... could hear me the fan is not me that's not me nice yeah. uh, Michael Tillman I wish there was a secret Punisher podcast coming but uh, you know let's, you know, fingers crossed that would be an amazing uh, amazing thing there's a lot of great Punisher stuff happening in comics right now if uh, if we did a secret Punisher podcast, it would not be a secret. That's true. That's um, true. It would Wait, be, what uh, would a Punisher podcast be? Would it just be talking about the Punisher movies? Oh, I guess there was a TV show too. We could talk about. You that. could just talk about the comics, asshole. Like what the fuck? Yeah, and also familiar. a hit TV show. Is he in show? comics? Is he in comics? Oh my god, he's in. He writes comics. I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, this is from Nat, and hopefully you can hear me read this one. Question from someone who was going through his childhood comic collection. How do you guys deal with all of your old comics? Which comics did you decide to keep forever? Well, that's tough, Nat. I, I, yeah, he just puts them in piles, and his wife then yells at him, and then he tries to hide oh, them in a different in location. Yeah, yeah. Is... You get designated pile zones. Yep. I mean, you got piles of comics. You got a Christmas tree back there. Your life is a fucking shit show, man. It's amazing. It's Christmas and comics all day long. What are we arguing about? Oh, look at, look at Invincible. Invincible number 90? Uh, oh, Nat, to tell you the truth, I, I tried to go through this. And it's for me, it was like, um, you know, the big... The big stuff, emotionally stuff that hit me that I decided to keep. The stuff that you can't get rid of. Um, you know, maybe the stuff that kind of like is a certain time in your life that brings you back. That to me is the important comics. Not just the expensive ones, but the ones that really kind of hit you in a special spot. Uh, but it's hard because uh, comics type up a ton of room, and it's a it's hard to make that decision between like what will give me the most money versus what is the most meaningful to me, and how do you cross those lines? Uh, but yeah, good luck with that. I mean, going through your childhood comics collection is kind of like going in time and visiting yourself, and uh, kind of like deciding what's not important enough to keep. It's a tough thing to do, man. I wish you luck with it. And well, and it's good though. Like I think that's such a valuable thing. Like it does take you back to when you first read it, and when you had time to really read something, think about it, invest yourself in it, which is a little bit harder to do now. Um, when I moved in, um, when my wife and I moved in together, I did a big purge, and the comics I kept, I got rid. I guess I should say I got rid of a lot of sort of middle tier like X Men runs or Spider-Man runs or things like that uh, and ended up keeping a lot of the more interesting stuff and stuff that I did have sentimental attachment with. I'll also throw out there, I 100% agree with you guys. The other thing, and maybe this is very specific to doing a comic book podcast, but something else that I factor in is how much am I going to be potentially referring to the thing? Like, for example, my oldest kid was getting rid of a bunch of comics and I looked through the box and one of the things that I kept was the sort of like essential Archie digest of like the essential Sabrina comics, the essential Jughead comics that my kid didn't care about anymore. But I thought, Oh, there's a possibility I might need to check these out for the show or might be interested in looking at them at some point just for historical reference or things like that. So that's, I think you're everything that you guys are saying is 100% true and a way more pure and accurate reason of why you should keep (laughs) comics. But that's another factor that I threw in there. Just to mention, it's hard, man. It's a uh, it's tough to give away your babies or try to sell them off for money. It's uh, 
it's an emotional thing to try to do. Uh, we got one last question here. I wanted to throw out to you guys. This is from Frederico Rosa on YouTube. Do you guys have a guess of when the Marvel shows start this year, considering Mandalorian starts in March? Will we only get Secret Invasion around May? And I'll note, I have been very surprised about this. Yeah. We have not had a Marvel show for a long time now, like a relatively long time in a very surprising way. Miss uh, Marvel with- was the last, right? Uh, She-Hulk, yeah. right? Wait, oh, She-Hulk. 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 Yeah, She-Hulk forgot about right. that. I mean, we love that so much. Uh, unequivocally they were across close the together, though. They blended together. In my opinion. Yes, they did. Uh, we had She-Hulk. I really expected that we would get, at the very least, What If or something like that by this point. Um, but, yeah, nothing. And there's been... There was obviously nothing coming up in February. They'll be announcing March towards the end of the month, so maybe we'll get something in March. Um, but, I don't know. It's weird. Well, and let me throw out, like, maybe that's intentional. Maybe Quantumania really is a formative movie for uh, what's coming next, and they need that to come out before they can get to anything else. Uh, I guess we will see. All right, why don't we move on to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. Hey, this is the part we give back to hey. you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win $25 free dollars, uh, to online at Midtown Comics or, of course, Long John Silver for some reason um, because Alex is a toolbox. And, uh, yeah, we wow. just need a first-hand-up guy. <laughs> Long John or... Silver is basically a garbage plate when you think Yes, and to mention, you definitely need headphones if you're coming in on Crowdcast. Um, if you're on YouTube, just say, hey, me. And we'll get to you. And uh, Justin, I don't want to brush past this complete insult that you just said. Did you just compare garbage plates and Long John Silver's motherfucker? I'm just saying there's a lot of components. You could go into a Long John Silver. No, there isn't. Okay. The garbage plate is not fast food. Okay. You asshole. You're saying it's better than fast food. Yes. We have uh, David Quinley on YouTube says, I'll do it. David, you're in. You got it. But also... You're going to be on a delay, so I'm going to feed you the questions. So, Pete, you ready? And yes, I am. casually continue this argument. Right. Ooh, starting with the flute. <laughs> I'm going strong with the flute. You don't normally hear that. Today's got to be special, I guess. Today's <laughs> trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend, Cindy Williams, RIP. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one. What broke streaming records on Disney Plus? Was it A, Wakanda Forever, B, What the Shark, or C, Carrie Fisher? So it's either A, Wakanda Forever, or you could be completely wrong. What are you feeling like? Knowing Pete, you could probably ace this quiz without hearing the the clues. That's true. Uh, while we're waiting here, we got a topic I missed on YouTube that we can discuss throughout the breaks. This is from All in the Game. Guess we're not talking about Quantum Mania reviews, All in the Game says. Um, oh, specifically asked, can't really tell from the early reviews if Jeff Lovedis's screenplay makes us more or less confident Avengers Kang Dynasty. We'll get back to that in a second because David Quinley says, hey, let's go over to the All right, question great. Question number two. What got canceled at HBO Max? Was it A, Pennyworth, B, Dream On, or C, Henry Winkler? Uh-oh, multiple correct answers here. No, well, HBO Max, my friend, HBO Max being the key word here. <laughs> it's only uh, one what option, if, and again, well, what if, what it if is Henry the first Winkler one. What if Henry Winkler gets canceled um, for some like weird, like he catches a fish that's too big or something? Could be. Real quick, other reviews I'll mention. Yeah. There were a bunch of screenings last night, and fans came out have with you the seen usual it? reactions. I have not seen it. Um, <laughs> my take, yeah, you you got me, Pete. The My take on it is usually you get over the moon. This is the best Marvel movie ever. Oh, my God, right. I love it so much. This one was like, wow, this is really kicking off Phase 5. Yeah. Which indicates to me that they don't want to say anything bad because they were invited to the premiere Maybe it's very mixed. Maybe it's very bad. Um, but apparently Jonathan Major is good as Kang. So there you go. Uh, yeah. 
David's question is A, is that correct? Yes, it is correct. All right. Nice. Unfortunately, Pennyworth got the axe. All right, question yeah. number and three. And was canceled in the late 90s? Yes, but that was on regular HBO, not HBO Max. Yeah, and real quick, I didn't watch Pennyworth. Did he eventually buttle by the season finale? Yeah, we'll, we never we'll never it's know. We'll never know. Wolverine popping his claws. Yeah, all the right. last shot, I believe, of season three was he looks over at a broom and he's like, next time. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number three. Avatar The Last Airbender returns to comics with whom at the lead? Is it A, Azula, B, Appa, or C, Ben Powers? Uh, great question. I guess we'll see what David says here. Yeah. And, what do you uh, guys think about Quantum Media based going. on the... It, it sounds like it's messy. It sounds yeah. like it's a lot, and it makes sense because it's a their comedy. Quantum mania. Well, but it's like their comedy forward movie that's having to do a lot of plot heavy lifting, and there's a huge amount of characters because of all the characters that were in Ant Man and Wasp. Plus, you got Kang having a central role, and whatever machinations and surprise guests they're going to pop up. So it's like maybe it's too much, which is a common problem in superhero movies. And then you got to have my uh, my guy Pena recapping things. You know what I mean? You can't have an Ant-Man I don't even know if he's that. in it. Maybe he's don't, not in it. Don't say stuff like that. Maybe he dies. He dies at the end. Oh That's a horrible thing to put out there. David says, hey, I think David is correct. A is correct. Unbelievable. Yeah. David, congratulations. You've got either a gift card to Long John Silver's or to Midtown Comics. Email us, comicbookclublive at gmail.com, and we'll get that out to you. Pete. Think about your choice. What was your tribute for? Uh, of course, it was for the 1976 smash hit, Laverne and Shirley. Nice. Very nice. Uh, not to sour your tribute section or anything, but I did want to mention, just because you're never going to talk about this, he was never in any uh, TV shows or movies or anything, uh, but Lee Motor, the co-creator of Stargirl, actually passed away today. Mm, yeah. Oh, so no. I wanted to give a quick shout out to him. Great oh. artist, great creator. Yeah. Um, worked on a ton of DC books in particular nice. and very awesome. So, again, not to take away from your very uh, beautiful tribute. Now, but... I feel weird I'm not honoring a person who recently died. <laughs> like odd man out. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm sure somebody else died recently. You know what didn't die is comics. They're always coming back. For more, what are you guys looking forward to? Pete, what are you looking forward to that's coming out this week? Oh, my God. There's so many great comics out this week. It was really hard. I mean, there was just one banger after the next. Uh, I'm looking forward to Alien number six, mm. All Against All number three, mm. and then Daredevil number eight. Hoo-hoo-hoo! Daredevil number eight. Oh, man. You love the number eight. <laughs> What? I'm surprised you like Daredevil number eight. Uh, oh, really? The two characters that I think are going to fight in there. Um, they seem like people that you uh, both like. Um, I got to give a shout out to a comic that we will no doubt argue about in our stack podcast. The Amazing Spider-Man number 19. Where we've got... Yawn. Some, uh, we are looking forward to Ooh. some Peter Parker, some Black Cat, some Mary Jane. We're going to have a lot of fun with that one. I love a little preview. I love Black Cat and Spider-Man dating. That's the relationship I want to see. Also wanted to shout out one other one, Spy Superb number two. Yes, uh, We had Matt, Matt Kent on, the writer and artist of this book, uh, a couple yeah. weeks ago talking about this book. It's super fun. We should time. talk to him about this issue, though. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we should have. Uh, definitely check it out. It's very fun couple of things I'm looking forward to. Miracle Man, the Silver Age number four. This really? is the first issue. Yes, we talked about this on the podcast several times, nope. but this is the first issue of Not unreleased once. material from Neil Gaiman and Mark Buckingham, so I'm very curious to see how that turns out, given that this is decades in the making at this point. Um, another one that we've been really enjoying, Two Graves from Image yes. Comics, this book about a woman who is seemingly traveling with death. There's a lot more going on there, and it's not quite clear, but I'm very curious to see how this book goes. Slowly and I mentioned this earlier. Uh, I mentioned Know Your Station earlier, but Sarah Gailey and Leanna Kangas put it together this very disturbing, very hilarious space mystery. So love picking up that every month. And folks, that is it for this week's show. A couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Ari Gross for coming on to talk yeah, about Awakening. Do. That is on Kickstarter until February 26th. Also, Cam Krukow. Check out Zoops Gilgamesh 
Yeah. There are, I believe, 23 days left on that for you yeah. to pledge. Great book, beautiful art. Next week, we're going to have Rich Davis is on the show to talk about Prometheus and Chains, continuing our mythology theme. Yeah. I guess. Feb. C- Febology, C- Feb- sure. CC Affini is going to be here to talk about Mythfall, continuing the theme. Nice. Uh, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. You can subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at comic book live on Twitter, comic book club live on Instagram or TikTok, comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more until next time. Good night. Good night, folks. Hey, all thanks. garbage plates in March. That's all I'm eating. Oh, nice. Also a shout out to Nat for not interrupting our show this week. That was nice, man. Thanks. You're tempting fate, man. Yeah, it's too late. There's always time. Kimmy Cable. It's a giant beer, man. A giant beer. Barrier driven. Big boy. <laughs>